everyone. Welcome to another week of Trail Runs Live uh, with our Trail Tales. This week, um, I've got Howard Drake upon for you. Um, Howard is a fell and ultra trail runner, mountain runner, um, currently based in the Lake District. He's done some pretty crazy challenges, um, especially over the last year. So we'll, we'll dive into those and learn a bit more about what you've been up to. Um, but thank, thanks for joining us tonight. No, you're welcome. Um, I'm looking forward to hearing about um, all, your, all your kind of running and what, what you've been doing. Um, <laughs> we'll, I'm sure we'll, we'll kind of learn a bit more about that as we go on. Um, it's been, uh, I don't know about you, but it's been a cold week here, uh, running-wise. Oh, it's freezing. Hence a jacket <laughs> in the house. <laughs> we've got uh, we've had loads of snow like i i can't remember the last time we had so much snow and um i've just been trying to get out as much as i can running but it's it's getting proper icy underfoot now yeah it's dangerous isn't it sometimes yeah i mean i i find once you sort of get going you can you kind of get a bit of momentum and you sort of know where to put your feet but You've yeah. had snow for a little while up in the lakes, haven't you? Yeah, on and off, and it, it just seems to disappear, and then it just comes back again. <laughs> <laughs> but going back to what you were just saying a minute ago, it's like you're just getting to like momentum, and you'll get used to like a pace. And then what I tend to do is I switch off, and then it cut, catches me off guard, and then you hit a bit of black ice, and you're like, Whoa! I know. I was running this morning and I just put my foot down on one bit and all of a sudden my arms are in the air just trying to balance myself. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not good. But um, yeah, I think hopefully we've kind of, well, for us at least down here, it's a bit different in the mountains, but I think we've sort of seen the, the back of most of the, the, the big snow now, hopefully. So um, Yeah, it's getting a bit tedious now. Yeah, a little bit. Um, so let's let's get into your running because um, I want to I want to hear more about what you've been up to. Um, if anyone's read the the kind of intros that I put together for these, um, they'll know a bit about your exploits and um, the sorts of races you've done over the years. But when when did you get into running, Howard? Um, I properly got into it um, at around thirty. Okay. Um, started taking it a little bit more seriously at about 33. Yeah. I'm now 37. I thought I was 36 the other week. And <laughs> I went on to, me and Maggie was looking on the ITRA, seeing how many points we had. Oh, yeah. And so we were both 37. I think Maggie might be 38. But we, we both thought we was the, anyway, yeah, I'm 36. I'm 37 now. Is, is that because uh, you moved out in 2020? You know, that year when nothing happened. So you're like... Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So you've gained the, well, you've lost a year. You haven't gained. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We've been about seven years all in all, and then seriously, well, trying to take it seriously about three years. Okay. And then when when you got into it, were you straight away into the trails and the fells, or is that something that came a bit later? Yeah. Um, Living where I used to live, it, it was just, we were surrounded by hills, so naturally you just gallivanted off into the into the quieter places. Yeah. I, I always enjoyed running off-road and running in running in the, in the, in the country, in the, in the nature, if you like. Where, where was that? 
Uh, Lancashire, um, like a, a little village called Whitworth. Okay. Um, it's just on the foothills of the Pennines. So it's a really nice place for running. What are you straight out onto kind of hills and? Yeah, we're literally in a valley. Nice. Small village, and then to the left and to the right for miles. Yeah, we've just got luscious green pastures. Nice. <laughs> there wasn't much, uh, much choice here. It was kind of straight into the off road for you. Yeah, yeah. And um, what, in terms of, because you, you've covered some crazy distances now and, um, you know, your running's taking you into the mountains and kind of more technical terrain. What, um, racing wise, what, what was kind of inspiring you back, back then? Were you, were you kind of dabbling in the, the sort of fell running scene or um, fell races? So I started off running just for the mental benefits more than anything. Okay. And to keep uh, keep myself trim, just just to keep myself. I used to do a lot of bodybuilding and a lot of weightlifting. So the running, um, I just used to do it occasionally to begin with as a bit of cardio. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then for the social side of things, I joined a road running club. Started doing some road running races, but um, my training was always done like more off-road. Okay. <clears throat> and then... About a year after I got into the, after I joined the road running club, one of the uh, the lads in the gym, he told me about, uh, he like introduced me, well, basically told me that like what an ultra marathon was. And he said, come and come and do one with me up in the Lake District. And then I had, I had to go at that. And uh, that was my first race. I DNF'd. That was totally the hell of hell in. Oh, wow. Um, and that's where the, that that's where my off that's how I got into off road like and, and mountain trail and fell running. I mean, I was initially, <laughs> uh, initially I was a road runner. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. What do, do you road run at all, or do you tend to gravitate away from that now? Um, I kind of did probably about a 50-50 amount of each to begin with. Maybe a little bit more off-road. <clears throat> but all my races to begin with were road races. And then when I got into when I got introduced to like running in the mountains and the fells, I started running and training in the fells and the mountains all the time. And then as you get a little bit more knowledgeable, I've come to the conclusion that in order to progress, I need to be doing some sessions on the road or flatter trails like I can't always be running in the mountains otherwise I'm never going to get any faster well you could do you could train but um I have started running on the roads a little bit more recently to try and get a little bit faster yeah that's interesting yeah. I, I, I guess I agree with that I think um I know personally if I'm trying to do more speed work and I'm aiming to you know to put some fitness and speed into what I'm doing then I'll kind of go flatter and possibly throw in some more road sessions as well. Um, yeah. But, you know, the majority of my running's off-road, much like you. Um, yeah. I, I was going to say what, I mean, my next question was kind of what what got you into the ultras? But it sounds like you just threw yourself in at the deep end. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and I think I've got, what I've learned about myself over the years is I think I've got quite an addictive personality. Um, and anything I ever go at I just I don't do it in half measures I just tend to just 
throw myself into the deep end, like you say, yeah, go on for punishment. And, and But with this, with the ultra running, I've really, really enjoyed it and got passionate about it. It's not just been like a bit of a, a whirlwind. It's not just been like a something I've started and then it's fizzled out. It's, I'm in there now, I'm in there for like, you know what I mean? I'm going to keep, I'm going to stick at it, you know, I love it. That, that's yeah, kind of that's focused yeah. what you do, I guess. Yeah, yeah. What um, what what makes you? What gives you that kind of motivation to keep going at it and um, progressing with the ultras specifically? Um, good question. I I, real, I I really do enjoy. I think I enjoy the training and the the routine and the discipline and. And everything that comes with it, it's like a jigsaw. And I just think I enjoy getting myself to one specific point and achieving something. And then just trying to better. I just, I, I, I just, it's just, I'm just naturally like to try and better myself, I think. And I think that's what I like about ultra running. You know, you kind of get to a certain distance or a certain elevation of what you can get to. And then once you get to that and you start doing that, and it becomes easy. You start thinking, well, how can I make it a little bit harder? And yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. What, um, well, um, what, what is it with the ultra run? Like, what, what, what are the sort of challenges? Is it, is it purely the distance, the terrain, um, or is it, is it the other bits that come into that as well? Because there's, there's a lot of elements that sort of come together. Yeah, you mean why I enjoy it? Or, yeah, uh, yeah. What, what, yeah. Um, what makes it challenging and what, what kind of keeps pushing you? I don't quite know. I just I just absolutely love it. <laughs> I, 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 I just enjoy doing it all that much. So it's just become a big part of my life. And it's just like, it just, it just filled a big gap. Like before, before this... I didn't really do much apart from work um, Monday to Friday and a job that I didn't like doing. Um, then I'd come home on a Friday. You know, I might go to the boozer and then I might go to the boozer Saturday, boozer Sunday. Yeah. yeah. That, that's, how, that's how life was for years from, from being 15 to 30. And then... Um, it got to a point where it was causing me problems. Um, I had a bit of a, I had a, I had a nervous breakdown. Um, I was really ill. Um, I had to take six months off work. I was on antidepressants a lot. And it was running that kind of uh, saved me in a sense. Do you know what I mean? It's like I basically started running just for uh, to improve my mental health. And then I just started running a little bit further and a little bit further. And it's just filled that big gap in my life that because I've stopped doing all the rest of the stuff that I used to do, yeah. I just replaced yeah. it with another thing. And I give that my all now, if you know what I mean. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. sure. I guess it gives I guess that makes sense. It's weird. It's, it's, a deep, it's quite a long story, <laughs> but in a nutshell. No, I think it makes sense. It's basically what's happened. It's not dissimilar to a lot of people's stories, I think, um, who get into these sort of distances and enjoying it a lot because it's something new that they can focus on. And I think 
I do agree that running and um, you know when you when you challenge yourself and this can be at whatever level you're at it doesn't have to be that you're running really long distances um, but as you start pushing yourself you see yourself progress and then you want to push yourself further and it, it becomes a kind of ever-evolving um, it's like a, an evolving like addiction isn't it it is <laughs> I know that from myself and you know getting into it and seeing myself um, improve over time and then you just want to do more and more um, and I, I'm sure a lot of people can uh, relate to that as well yeah you just want to sell that for me personally it's about self it's about progression it's about just advancing to that next that next tier up all the time and just seeing seeing how far you can get before you know you, you get knocked back a peg yeah, yeah. yeah. you get knocked, knocked back a peg you, you know you need to think why did that happen how can I and how can I go and beat it and then you have a little think about it make another plan up and have another go at it and so this is what I do anyway and then you have another go at it and so you beat it and then you find another challenge and yeah, time, time, time to focus and get back into it, find a different approach, work out what went wrong and yeah. kind of attack it again. So yeah. your first ultra was a DNF then. Um, yeah. <laughs> how far was that one? Uh, about 38 miles. Okay. Um, I think it's about two and a half thousand metres of ascent. It's, it's um, like a quite a tough winter ultra. Yeah. yeah. Certainly quite a big ultra to be doing for your first ultra anyway. <laughs> I know uh, I know part of that too. And um, yeah, it's not one that I it's not one I'd probably take on as my first ultra. Or not not back when I was starting <laughs> out. Uh, but what, what happened is I, I took a tramadol tablet because my head's a bit of knee pain and I didn't really, I'd never taken the tramadol tablet before and, and it really spaced me out and Towards like mile thirty-ish, I just felt really sick, and I couldn't. I just couldn't carry on. Just called it a day. Yeah, I just called it a day, and then um, three months later, the same organisers they put another race on called LM forty-two. So I went back and did the harder one, and, and I managed to finish that one. <laughs> so you you didn't deter you from doing any others. You know, you kind of stuck with it. It's that kind of how yeah. I overcome that. Right, let's find another one. Let's go and attack it and uh, yeah. train. You know, train a bit harder or train in a slightly different way, and then uh... yeah, yeah, that, 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 that was basically it. Yeah. Oh, nice. And then um, I, I mean, you, you've progressed and progressed. So let's let's look at some of your other achievements um, over the last couple of years. Um, the I hope I say it right. The Beacons Ultra. Yeah, the Beacons Way Ultra, because there's quite a few. There's different kind of variations to the name, but they're all along the bit of the, the Brecon Beacons Way. Um, but this is the one by the GB Ultras, yeah, the Beacons Way Ultra. All right. <laughs> yeah, it was a 100-mile race, but I think in reality, I think it might have been about 112 or maybe 108 miles, but yeah, 100 mile. Okay. Uh, you you went to, to win that one. Yeah, that was my first win at an ultra. Yeah. How how was that? Were you surprised to win it? I was really really surprised because um, I don't know if you've heard of a a really good ultra runner called uh, Charlie Sharp. 
Yeah. Um, so Charlie was my first coach. Okay. Charlie is an ambassador for GB Ultras. So Charlie was in the race. We went to the race together. And there was a bit of banter along the way. And I'm like, I wonder if I'm going to be behind you, Charlie. Because he's a phenomenal runner, do you know? And we were laughing and joking about it all the way on the way. Because we, we travelled down there together. We car shared. The funny thing with the Beacons Way is it's not a loop. It's, um, it's like a linear so you finish 100 miles away from where you leave your car. Okay. <laughs> so the day before, we met up and we left a car at one end. We met at the end and then drove to the start. And then afterwards, at the end of the race, we drove back together to drop the other person back up at the other person's. We basically did a car shuttle. Um, so there was a bit of banter. I was adamant, you know, I kept saying to Charlie all the way down, like, oh, you're going to absolutely smash it tomorrow. And um, Anyway, race day came. Um, I was in third most of the way, fluttering between third and fourth. Um, and then I got to the last checkpoint. I knew I was in third at that point. And then I got to the checkpoint and the man said, it's... so Charlie was winning. Yeah. And yeah. another man called Nick. We arrived at the checkpoint within a couple of minutes of each other. And Nick was still there. So we said, you two are respectively now in first and second. And we're like, why? And he's like, well, Charlie's in the middle of the nowhere down there running about in the dark or something I don't know <laughs> quite I don't know what happened not at that point I didn't know what had happened yeah, yeah. Um, so then me and Nick just looked at each other and it was bummed we were off and I managed to get, it wasn't marked so basically I was following the GPX file on the watch I managed to get straight on the trail no messing and it was about five o'clock in the morning and the sun was just about coming up so I turned my head torch off and I'm absolutely pegging it down this trail it, you know I'm thinking oh no I'm going to trip up because I've not got my head torch on because I think Nick he'd gone on another trail lower down and on, on his GPX file it, on his watch it, it was probably telling him that he was on route but I think he was on a slightly less runnable trod than me I was on a really good path so I just got this something's always, I'm, just, I'm just like a man possessed now I've gone from being absolutely knackered to running seven minute miles again. Uh, so I'm legging it and I can just see the Nick and his pacers head torch just getting further and further and further away. So as I, as I, as I couldn't see the head torch, I kind of relaxed a little bit. Um, and I just kept thinking, he's really fast, he's going to catch me up. He's, I couldn't see him, you know, he was a few minutes behind me at the very, at the very most. Um, but I just kept telling myself, he was on my heels, he was literally right behind me. And I did stop for about I thought it was 100 miles. So I got to the 100 mile point and I'm flicking through my watch and it's telling me that I've got another eight miles to go. No, so I just, no. I just put my, my best effort in, like I was going for the 100 mile mark. When I got to the 100 mile mark, I still had like another eight or 12 miles left. So I'm absolutely knackered at this point. And I just thought, don't stop, don't stop. So I really, really pushed hard. Um, and when I got to the end, the organisers, I think they must have been in, I don't know, I don't, I don't think they were, they were looking at the tracker. Because I got to the, the school where the finish was, there was no no nobody there, no finish line, no clapping, no. I just felt I, I was really happy in myself. But looking back now, I thought the first race you ever won, and you didn't yeah. run through, you didn't run through a line and get told a bit of piece of a tape up, and there was no one no one took any there was no finish line pictures, and I just thought to myself, what a shame that was, you know, your, your first your first win, and yeah, yeah, it was a bit. 
a bit, bit uh, of a, uh, say that again a bit of an anticlimax uh, yeah a bit of a funny anticlimax at the end but I was absolutely chuffed to bits although I was over the moon yeah because it, it was so I was so um, adamant at the start that you know Charlie was going to win I think what had happened with Charlie is his head torch had failed his first head torch his second head torch I don't think that had I don't think he might not have changed his batteries, put new batteries in. So he's basically his head torch has failed him. So he got lost. <laughs> did he, did he <laughs> yeah, he pulled out after after a while he couldn't get back on track and he must have been that pissed off. Yeah. yeah. When I got back to the end, he was sat there and I don't think he was very happy. <laughs> <laughs> did he congratulate <laughs> He did, yeah. Yeah. No. Good sportsmanship, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And um, you've also done the Spine Challenger, where you came third, is that right? Yeah, up against Jim Mann and uh, a Dutch fella called uh, Wouter, would it? Nice. I don't know if you've heard of Wouter. He's, he's a bit, both really good runners. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the um, Spine Challenger um, is like the, the, the shorter version of the Spine. Yeah, they call it the sprint version, don't they? Because you can you can actually give it someone this race if you want. But I mean, well, I wouldn't recommend giving it some because the, the spine is um, it's the Pennine Way um, in its entirety, isn't it? Yeah. Which which how many, how many miles is that? Two hundred and two sixty eight roughly. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was around that. And then so what's the spine challenger? One hundred and eight. Okay. I, yeah, I wouldn't be sprinting that. No, 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 the no. Not with a seven to seven to eight kilo pack on your back, <laughs> sleeping bag and all sorts. <laughs> how um, how was that as an experience doing that one? I absolutely love that race. Brilliant. I've done it twice. Truth be known. Okay. Just over two thirds, just over the halfway point, and I was too stubborn to quit, so I walked. I walked all the way to the end. I came 14th the first time I did it. Okay. And I knew that I, I knew that I could give you so much more. So um, I invested in an, um, another running coach and ended up coming third the second time that I did it. But yeah, absolutely brilliant race. I, I absolutely love that race. I'm going to do the full, full spine this year, I think, or next year. Okay, awesome. <laughs> experience. Yeah. Just for those... Um listening who aren't familiar with like the Pennine Way and the terrain just tell us a bit about it's it's in January isn't it yeah so it's in January um pure winter time um you only get from 8 a.m till like 3 30 4 p.m in the daylight and then the rest of it even even the dark um Pennine Way is basically like a national trail that runs all the way up the spine, right through England, the backbone of Great Britain. Um, very boggy. Um, there's, there's a great variety in terrain. You know, sometimes it's really runnable. It's like farm tracks, a, a bit of tarmac. Other times you're running over pure moorland and there's not not even much of a trod. Yeah. Like, sometimes you're running and there's, there's not even a path there. You're just thinking, am, am, am I on the path? And then other times you're on that kind of really rough terrain, but it's been like people have, people have put paving stones down. But the paving stones are all right, bugger, because sometimes you'll be running on them and one of them will be like 
it'll look like there's a paving stone there because it's been raining that hard normally. All the paving stones have got like an, an inch of water or bog over them. So you'll be running and sometimes it's a paving stone missing and you'll just go up to your waist or your knee in bog and sometimes it can hurt, sometimes it can make you laugh. And yeah, it, it's, 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 it's like a re really relentless terrain, especially in winter time. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, if you want to challenge, the, uh, the spine is, is one of the big ones. Um, and snow as well at that time of year, um, you know, can can really... This happen. year would have been brutal. Yeah, that's true. In those temperatures. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you, you also went in, so last year, um, the year of uh, lockdown and kind of no events happening. Um, did I, I, I'm sure I saw on, the, on one of the films I watched, you were... You're out supporting one of the big FKT attempts on the uh, on the Pennine Way. Is that? Yeah, helped, yeah, helped John. I, I did the final leg from uh, Burness over to the, the end in Kirkyetong. That was a brilliant experience. So that that was John Kelly going for the uh, the FKT fastest known time on the Pennine Way, um, which he he achieved, didn't he? Yeah. Not for long. <laughs> His friend Amy went and picked him a week or two later. He had it for about a week, didn't he? Um, how how is that as an experience running with someone like John Kelly, who's you know he's won the Barclay and um, you know he's... Yeah, but you feel a bit starstruck at first, but once you realise that they're just a, a normal person like you you and you and I, you soon start to relax and have a chat and. Um, one minute, something's just come up on the screen. Right. Yeah, good experience. Yeah. Um, watching him dig so deep when he was in such a, a dark place. You know, when he when he first got to us in Burness, he was like literally on the. He was either going to go. He was basically on the line. Yeah. He yeah. couldn't. He couldn't diminish anymore. Otherwise, he would have failed. And then we got in there, like, I think it was something like 40 minutes up in the end, and even had a 10-minute rest in one of the huts. Um, and it was just amazing to watch, just how a human can just dig so deep. Yeah. I, yeah. I wasn't eating properly. It's, I mean, yeah. I recommend it for anyone that hasn't seen it of John's attempt, because he was not in a good way by the end of that. And it shows what those sort of events and that distance and terrain can do to, you know, even top athletes in this country. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, just there's something about just seeing, you know, people go for these events and even spectating at some of these tough um, challenges. It's incredible just seeing yeah. people put themselves through, I think. Um, yeah, it it's an experience in itself. Um, so did that, Let's let's talk about your lockdown running then. So you've been training. What, what event have you been putting in the training for? So in, I thought about doing the Chevy at Go Ultra, which was meant to happen in December. Yeah, last year, just gone. Um, that didn't. That got postponed to January the second. So I thought, right, I'll do. I'll, I'll do that. So. With having quite a lot of ascent in my legs and some strength, I thought I need to get faster now. I've, I've literally just been running up, down, up, down. I've not actually got any, you know, I've not actually got any running legs, proper running legs. Um, 
excitement, running on some faster, flatter trails, um, and then the Cheviot Gold got cancelled. So spontaneously, within three days, I, I thought, I've not done a Bob Graham yet. I've not wrecked the route. I thought, why don't you try and wreck it all in one? It's a really stupid idea in, in, in winter. <laughs> there's a little glimmer of hope that uh, there's only one at, at, at that in this back on New Year's Day when I had a go. Oh, sorry, so back in December, just on about Christmas Day, there'd only been one man ever to do a solo unsupported midwinter Bob Graham. So I'm the one man to ever um, accomplish that thing, and that was Martin Stone. Um, but I think it was either on, might have been about the 29th of December, Shane Orley and John Kelly both went out on Ruffer the same night, and they tried to do one. Yeah. yeah. So them two have been thinking about it for a little while. I'd been thinking about it for a day. <laughs> and then them two went on, and I'm like, well, yeah, I said, what a coincidence. Like, I'm thinking of doing that. <clears throat> So, um, John ran out of water. Everything was frozen. He couldn't really find any, any water to drink from what I heard. Shane managed to finish it. So, Shane, I think Shane did it in about 23 hours. Okay. So, Shane was the second man to ever do it. Um, and there was just a little bit of a glimmer of hope that I might be able to get around and just, just be the third man to ever do it. And uh, I set off on New Year's Day at 10 o'clock at night. Um, I felt, I felt good at the time. But by the middle of leg two, I'd had enough. I just, you know, when you just have them runs and you're just not feeling it. Yeah. yeah. I felt tired. I weren't enjoying it. And uh, um, looking back now, I think I think I just not invested invested enough time. Um, Ascent wise, you know, getting the elevation in prior to trying to do something like that. I've just been doing a lot of speed work because the Chevy goal was only. I mean, I say only because it, it doesn't. It's not a lot to a man like. Myself, on three thousand meters of elevation over fifty-five miles, it's it's a it's a lot. It's a, it's enough ascent, but it's rolling. Yeah, you, yeah. You can you can if you cram three thousand meters into a fifteen mile, it's quite aggressive. But if you if you string it out over fifty-five miles, it's quite rolling. And I've done and I've done the race before, so I knew how much strength I needed in my legs. Um, so I did a hell of a lot of speed work. I won't call it speed work, but speed work for me. Um, and basically, I just had the wrong approach looking back now. But it was a good experience. Um, I took a lot of positives out of it, and I'm training to go out and do it again sometime soon. Nice. I expect to try and that. Because um, having, having done it supported and in what, what they call summer, it wasn't. Uh, well, half of it was. <laughs> <laughs> I, know how tough, I know how tough it can be um, and I, I remember watching you go out on the thing that you were doing it thinking well what is this guy up to but uh, <laughs> uh, fair play for having a go at that I'd like to see you uh, I'd like to see you achieve that one um, yeah, it's just that extra pack weight you know you've got like, you've got like six to seven kilos on your back it doesn't seem a lot when you put it on yeah but after yeah. a couple of hours it um you start to feel it. I think. Yeah. I think next time I ever go, I think I'll set off. I'll set off walking. Just fast hike a bloody lot of it, and then once I've eaten a bit, a bit of my food, and and, and took some bits and bats out of the back, and it's lighter. Maybe, maybe in leg four, jog if I can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Maybe they'll jog a different kind of just try and keep under that 20, just try and keep all uh, under 24 hours. <laughs> do it, but I'm sure. I'll, I'll keep an eye out. Yeah, I won't stop till I've done it. <laughs> I'll, I'll keep an eye out for you doing that because I'm yeah. intrigued to know what it's like as well. Um, I can't imagine doing it unsupported, if I'm honest. Um, you know, after having people holding my kit for me and passing me water and things like that, um, you know, you, you kind of can't imagine not having any of that. Two different experiences, aren't they? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, maybe one day I'll try it, you never know. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. yeah I think that's the, only th- that's the only way people are going to get to do things at the minute, it's all unsupported. Three. So let's let's talk about your the big one last year the um, the par round as it's known. Um, yep. So you, you went out and took this challenge that the record had sort of stood for thirty five years, if I'm not wrong. Um, is that right? Something like so. Uh, so eighty four. Well, this is confusing. Well, it's not confusing, but I heard the record was set in eighty four. Yeah, that was the year I was born. And I thought I was 36. So I'm telling people it's 36 years old. I think I think in reality it's 37 years old now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Maggie thinks it's 35 years. Maggie keeps saying 35. I thought it was 36. And it's around that. So it's about yeah, it's about 37 years. So the the actual the round or the challenge um, in the lakes is. So it's all of the Wainwright fells that are over 2,500 feet high. Um, yeah. 62 of them. So it's over 42,000 feet of descent in total and around yeah. 115 miles of running. And uh, you just decided to do it again for, for a bit of fun. <laughs> I've been training for UTS, Ultra Trail Snowdonia, 100-mile okay. race. Um, that got cancelled, and that was a hundred mile race with ten thousand meters of ascent. Um, when that when that got cancelled a week before, I was like, "What can I do?" Um, and the guy called Paul Wilson messaged me saying, "Have a go at the Steve Parr round." He said, "I had a go last year. Um, the challenge is X, Y, and Z, but you've got to you've got to come in under forty eight hours to complete the challenge. But the record is forty two hours." 56 minutes, I think he was at the time. Yeah. yeah. So I thought, brill, I'll have a go. I'll just come in under 48 hours. So I had five days to kind of go from doing UTS. It was really annoying because I just spent all that week, I, well, I spent months of training, and then what I do a week before a race is I get an A4 notepad, and I literally write out absolutely everything. It's, it's military planned on yeah. doing a notepad, everything, my checkpoint food, what I'm going to eat, my kit. I, I, I iron everything out on paper so that I can have a good night's sleep, you know, the week building up to it that, that I've not missed anything. So I just finished doing that for the UTS and then I had, but I had a week to do that. Plus I've been thinking about it for months as well. But with the par round, I had five days to absolute, to organise it from absolute scratch. So for like, them five days, I, I had so many. Well, there was all more or less sleepless nights. Um, and we managed to plan it, get the people together. This is before lockdown. We, 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 we was allowed to run with people. Um, 
and managed to get, get out and have a go at it. And you um, mustn't have wrecked didn't, didn't uh, no, I, I literally just got so when Paul Wilson messaged me, um, he sent me the GPX file, he sent me um, his schedule, he sent me a list of the tops. Martin Stone did as well because there's quite a few. There's, I think, all I think I was the so there was obviously Steve Parr, one, two, three, I think. I was, I was either the sixth or the seventh person to, to have a go in. Um, so they all had schedules. So I got everybody's schedule sent to me and stuff like that. So I had a bit of a look at it on, on View Ranger on the map. Um, sorry, what, what, what the question that you just asked me? I'm going off. Oh, you, you went yeah, so yes, yeah, so I wasn't able to wreck you because it was in, obviously, I was, I, was, I was tapering for UTS and I, I wanted to try and set off on the par round on the day I should have been running UTS so that everything, all my coaching plans have come together perfectly. So yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't manage to get out of recce at, at any of it at all. And how uh, were supporting you and helping you get around? With it being last minute, um, all in all, I think there were five legs. I've got a terrible memory. I think there was about five, five or six legs um, some people, you know, Tonkin, um, John Parkin, Liam Mills, a couple of guys at the start, they did like two legs. Right. Back to back, you know, carrying all my kit, you know, it's quite a tip. You know, it takes some doing when I'm there, you know, full of energy. Yeah. Trundling up yeah. hills and, you know, they're carrying all my kit and you don't, you don't realise that, you know, how tiring it actually is for, for the guys that are doing that and for them to do, you know, two legs back to back. John was meant to be doing, I think, three or four legs. John, John retired after, and so did Liam after, after two legs. They were both meant to come all the way with me uh, to the halfway point, you know, use that as a good training run. And they were, they were absolutely knackered after two legs. You know, on third place, we were fast paced. Uh, it was quite warm. They were carrying not only my gear, but their own gear, their own food, my water, everything between the two of them. So all in all, there was about, about ten, 10 different people. That's a decent thing. And I guess yeah. over that, you know, that period of time, 40 odd hours, you, you're going to need, you're going to need those people to kind of yeah. get, get you, support you and get you around. Um, yeah. So you, you ended up doing it in 42 hours. Uh, 36, I think it was 42-36. I, I read you're about nine, 19 minutes quicker, is that right, than the record around that? Yeah, 36, 46, 56, yeah. Yes, I think, does that work out right? I think it, I think it was 42, 56 or 42, 54. Yeah. It's, there's, it's, there's, there's two, there's, there's two. I think, I think he did it in 42, 54. Okay, so yeah, you do about 20, well, 19. 20 minutes. So it was either 36 or 34, okay. 42, 34 or 42, 36. I'll take, I'll take it, I'll take anyone. <laughs> wait, wait, were you expecting to be anywhere near that record? At what point did it become obvious that you were? Um, being honest, coming into the last leg, so the first five legs were, first four or five legs, the first... 
36 hours or 30 hours where I was really on it. I was like focused. Everything was clockwork. Everything just clicked into place. I felt really good. Um, and then obviously over time, I just diminished. But um, it happened. So I started on Thursday evening at nine o'clock at night. The reason why I have to start then is because <clears throat> with with it being such a with it being like planned on such short notice, yeah, yeah, um, and me wanting to go in five days' time, I had to go with what I, what what support I could get. So I could only get support on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and the way it worked out, I had to. I, I couldn't start it. it if I would have started Friday morning, early hours of Friday morning, for some reason I wouldn't be able to get some support. I, I had to go Thursday night. I can't remember the exact reason, but John Parkin was setting off for me at nine o'clock on Thursday night. Um, <laughs> what question did you ask me? <laughs> what point did it become clear that you were kind of on? Oh, yeah. So, go, did you because I started, yeah, I do this all the time in, when I'm a, uh, when I'm doing a Zoom call with people or like a podcast, they'll ask me a question, I'll talk for five minutes and I'll forget the question. And then I'll just dead awkwardly just go quiet and then right, just I just thought it's better to just say, what, what what was the question again? Yeah, so um, because I started at such a funny time, I did two full nights out. Like I went into a second night and just as dusk was approaching, we're heading towards like the, the Scarfell region. And that was the most technical point of the course it was just like dead rocky dead bouldery all I wanted to do like when it went dark at that point is all I wanted to do is go to sleep but I managed to just keep on going my body was fine but my brain had turned to mush um and I just I really slowed down and but it, it, it got even though it was like really good weather it was still quite windy and it was still quite cold you had to keep moving up on the tops um and at that point Everything just turned to in my in my head because I've been going for that long. Everybody else was saying you're doing really well, but in my head, I'd, because I've gone from having some real good momentum yeah, to slowly yeah. down, I was beating myself up mentally in my head. So I kept thinking, I can't wait for sleep on Wasdale. I can't wait. I can't wait. So we got to Wasdale, and I remember getting to. So obviously, my supporter and Azari with me at this point for maybe a good eight hours. They leave me be, and they go and do, you know, they go and replenish themselves. And I go to the front of the, the campus straight away to take my contact lenses out to have a sleep. I've not had a sleep in thirty six hours or something. Um, I wonder you were telling Yeah, but the thing is that day as well, I'd probably been awake for. So I've been running for thirty six hours. I've been on the move for thirty six. But I've probably been awake for about forty eight. Yeah, true, true. Do you know what I mean? Because of the time I started at. So as I go to the front of the van and I'm on my own, Maggie, Maggie's making me up, um, get, getting my stuff ready. And I just remember saying to her, I, I could cry, I, tears were welling up in my eyes. I could, I don't know why I could have cried. I'd never ever felt that way in my life. It was weird. Like, if my friends hadn't been with me, on the approach to the camper van, I'd, I'd said it out loud to everybody. I'd said, if you want, lads, because I've slowed down a bit and I'm not on time, if you want to get off, get off. I'm going to have a bit more time in the van than what I would have had. I might have an hour or two of sleep and then I'll crack on in my own time. I'll carry my own bag. And yeah. they said, no, yeah. no, it's all right. We'll stay with you. And it's a good job they did because I might I might have bailed. 
Really? Yeah. I don't know. I might have. Done. Well, you know, I think Maggie would have taught me of it. But when I got to the when I got to the camper, I was in this. I'd never been this emotional on her in my whole life. I like I was when I was talking to Maggie, I was getting ready to bawl my eyes out. It was, I, I was just I was really tired, I think. I was just like a like a narky baby. So I told Maggie, I said, I feel like I could cry. I said, This is the hardest thing I've ever, ever done. That they they all meant like my exact words. I was just being honest. I said that this is the hardest thing I've ever done. And as I was saying it, you know, in your your voice is shaking a bit. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, I took the comms at Lenny's out and literally just got in, the, got in the sleeping bag and had a sleep. I told them to wake me up in half an hour. I think they woke me up after 10 to 15 minutes. They tried to trick me. Um, and they did trick me. I did believe that I'd had half an hour, but I think I'd only just got to sleep. So I explained, look, I've only been asleep for like about a minute or two. I just got to sleep and you woke me up. So they give me another 10 to 15 minutes. So I did have half an hour in total then. Okay. And after okay. that point, then we were climbing out of Walsdale. And we were climbing into like sunrise. When we got on the top, the sun was slowly coming up. And at that point then, I just thought, there's no way I'm going to break the record. Because up until that point, I was I still could, at that point, I, I, knew, I knew that I was still on time to break the record. It could still be done. But the way I was feeling... How mentally tired and fatigued I was, I thought there's no way. I kept I kept thinking that when the sun come up, I might have this new lease of life, but that didn't happen. Um, I had to have another sleep up on the tops. And at that point, then I kind of give in a little bit. I thought the bat the battle's over for the record. Just and enjoy the best you can there when coming under 48 hours. And at one point on the way into Buttermere from there, I kept thinking, your 48 hours has gone out the window. I was in a really bad place. I was really tired. Um, I'd said to the lads that was with me, I'd said, I'm, I'm going to have a little sleep in the camper van for half an hour when I get to Buttermere, and then I'll crack on after that. When I got there, um, Tom King was there, Dan Armstrong, um, Chris Richards, um, and Ma- Martin Storm was there. He's like in charge of all the long-distance records. And they're all saying, come on, you can still do it. The record's still inside. All you need to do is keep moving from here to the end at two and a half miles an hour. And I'm like, I just told myself all the way into Buttermere that I'm going to have a sleep. I felt really, you know, I felt, I felt nice knowing that I could have had a little sleep. Um, so I'm thinking, why are they doing this to me now? Like, I just literally told myself out of what? I told myself that the record was gone. I told myself that 48 hours was gone. And then they're telling me now that I can still do the record. So I'm like, this kind of like warmed me up and sent me to a state of shock. I'm like, I literally got into Baltimore. They sat me down on a chair, whipped, whipped, I literally just held my arms and legs out. They whipped my caps off, whipped my top off, put a cap on me, slapped a load of sun cream on my arms, for some reason changed my trainers. I don't know why I let them do it. It didn't cause any harm, but the trainers on my feet were fine. I would have been all right with them. Yeah. Let them change yeah. their shoes and socks, everything. It was like a spectacle gadget. I just held my arms and legs out and all these things, all these new kits appeared on me and off I went. And I just explained to the, the new set of lads that I feel, I feel dog sick on all the climbs now. All the, when, I'm, when I'm climbing the steep hills, yeah. as soon as my arm gets elevated, I feel sick and I can't eat and I just I feel grim. So we took it really easy on the climbs, just kept my heart rate in check and my breathing. Um, I just kind of said to the lads, I'm going to have to stop speaking. I said, because even to, just to talk to you, it's like it's making me feel a bit, it's draining me. Yeah. So they're all yeah. cracking jokes. I'm, I'm just taking it all in mentally and laughing in my head. And then when we get up on the top, so I go into a bit of a yump with my, my poles with me. 
and then I jogged all the descents. And then once I got on the time, I then and I knew I was like 20 minutes up. I just, you know, the last straight into Kezik, I was like, I knew I'd done it then. I thought there's no way, nothing can go wrong. Not unless I fell flat on my face and knocked myself out or something. But... <laughs> it's awesome. There's no better feeling than getting to that meet hall, is there? No, God. Feeling, uh, just a great feeling. That's where the um, the photo that I've used um, in the ads came from, right? The the one with the beer. Is that from Yeah. That? Yeah. That's from the finish line. Though, did, yeah. did you actually drink that beer when you got there? I did, believe it or not. No, I'm, I'm, I'm pra- I am practically, I mean, I can't say I'm teetotal because I do occasionally have a drink, but yeah. I might as well be teetotal. And when I got there, I said that beer and I had a sip of it at first and I was, I was going to decline. And then I just thought, you boring buggers, it's, like, you know, it's only a pint, get it down your neck. Um, I literally had it, and within about two minutes, my lips had gone blue. <laughs> it was like ice cold. And even though it was a nice warm day, and at that, at that time, you're in the shade. And once you've been on the move for that long, it doesn't take long to get really, really cold. So it's like shivering, my lips went blue. Um, and I just went to everyone. I don't feel so good. And the wrapping blankets around me, put my leggings on, and I just said, ah, I need to go home. Um, yeah, I drank the beer, and then off we went. And I just fell asleep straight away in the car. Then. You had a dessert. Yeah, yeah. 42 hours. That's when you can... Yeah, it good. It was market day as well, and because it was like... <laughs> Even though it was COVID times, but we wasn't on a lockdown or anything. And there was all like a one-way system. So, so as I'm running towards which side you'd normally run up the steps to finish, there's like a, a security man there with a high-vis vest on and he wouldn't let me run up that way. I had to run up the one-way system. I had to run all the way around the back of the church and up the other side of the steps. Not <laughs> what you want. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Finish. yeah, and then and then I tripped up going up the steps as well in front of everybody. <laughs> right. There's a video somewhere. Right. It doesn't matter. I'm sure. I'm sure people yeah. after that yeah. like, the tiredness as well. Um, yeah. And that's an awesome achievement. Um, you know, there there are some big, big kind of rounds and challenges, and that's one of them. Um, so yeah, that's that's awesome, mate. Do you, do you think um, you've put it on the radar now with more people? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think I don't think it'll. I don't think my record will last this year. I think I'm. I'm adamant it'll get brought this year. Um, like you say, I'm. I'm not one of the. I'm by far from one of the. There's many more better long distance followers in the ladies' room than me. You've shown that you can go out there and get it. So. Yeah, you know, I, I set a benchmark now when it's there to be able to keep, keep smashing to pieces now, you know. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if anyone does take it on. Um, They're always there to be broken, that's why I say, and, you know, yeah. people break it for, for a play to them. I definitely I, I agree with that. Um, it's always good to kind of see people going at it and... Um, you know, trying new challenges, setting new new records, and then you know you'll come back around and take it again one day when you uh, when you because uh, you're training maybe. I know myself. I knowing what I know now, you know, with having done a recce of it in a sense. There's <laughs> <laughs> um, some better route choices, and if I would have set off, if I would have set off in a more relaxed state, like I didn't have five days prep. And I would have had a better night's sleep, like I set off in the morning at maybe 4 a.m., 5 a.m. Yeah. I think I could yeah. easily 
with the better route choices now as well. You don't have to drop. I didn't have to drop down to Wasdale. That was just a good place to get road support. I could have had, I could have had the lads meet me up on the tops, and then the paces drop. The paces exchange on the tops rather than in the bottom of Wasdale. Stuff like that. So I think I could go under four hours. Um, the right man could do that in thirty-six hours and under, supported in summertime on the right day. I think that'd be interesting. <laughs> See if anyone gets this year. What um, what does twenty twenty one have in store for you? You got any any plans, or you just kind of seeing how it how it goes? So I want to have another go, at another unsupported Bob Graham, sometime soon. I've paid for Cape Wrath. <clears throat> oh yeah, I was meant to do that last year, but that got cancelled. Wouldn't surprise me if that got cancelled again this year. Yeah. But fingers, fingers crossed it'll go ahead. When is when is that? Uh the end of May. I thought it was May, yeah. Yeah, like the last week in May. Yeah. So anything can happen with that one. Um but uh, I'm a bit skeptical. I, I, I don't think it's gonna I don't think it's gonna go ahead. No, you just can see at the moment. Take it week to week really and see what yeah. happens. Um Maybe do an unsupported power round or something to have a go at an unsupported power round if uh, that one doesn't go ahead. Yeah, that'd be an interesting one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in the meantime, just keep training in the lakes and enjoy it. Yeah, I enjoy the training. So, so people, a lot of people, so I'm not, I don't know. It'd be inter- interesting to find out, but some people just tend to sit back and chill when there's nothing to train. They just, they just enjoy it. Yeah, some others carry on training in the hope that things might happen and still enjoy it. And I'm one of them that carries on training and still enjoys it, kind of guys. Yeah, I, I think I'd simply that one. Um, yeah, always be ready. Yeah, it's sometimes hard to keep the motivation up, I think. But, um, yeah, it is. Yeah, if you know, if you've got something at the back of your mind that you're aiming for, it does make it a little bit easier. So yeah, and definitely. Being able to get out in nice places on the trails, on the fells. Um, I mean, we don't have any fells around here, but we have plenty of trails, and uh, yeah. it's just nice to get get out off roads, explore a few new routes if you can. Um, yeah, you know, keeps it interesting. So just got to make the best of a bad situation at the minute, haven't we? Yeah, exactly. Uh, try and keep each other motivated as well with these sort of stories and yeah. Um, Plant, plant ideas in people's heads. Not, not that I'll be trying a power round anytime soon. <laughs> You've done some really good, really, really fast stuff. I can't, I can't believe it. When I, when I see you finish your crazy epics, and I think, geez, how's he run? How's he run that far at that at that pace? I can only sustain that pace for ten k. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. It's just. One of those things like the training and you know just targeting. <laughs> so, um, I will see. see how <coughs> Death by cordial. <laughs> <coughs> That's not a COVID cough. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. <coughs> see how that training goes and pans out, and then. Um, yeah, I guess we'll all just take this year as it comes. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but now, awesome. Thanks for your time tonight, uh, Howard. Um, it's been awesome to have you on and hear about your... your <coughs> what, what oh, you yeah, that's with me. No, you, you, 
thank you very much for coming on. Um, you've got some great stories and, you know, the, the things that you're talking about can only inspire people to go and go and look up some of these, uh, these routes, these challenges. Yeah. And, um, give people something to aim for, hopefully, when we can get a bit further afield as well. I'm looking yeah, definitely. up to the lakes at some point. Um, where's yeah, come the, visit when you can. What, sorry? You have to come visit us when you can. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll drop you a line next time uh, yeah. when we're able to get up uh, that way. Where's, um, where's best for people to check out your running? Is it on Instagram? Yeah, Instagram. Um, just how I drink up. Okay. How would you wake up Mountain Strong coaching? Go and, go and look up Howard if you want to get some uh, photos of the mountains and um, see what he's doing. Keep an eye on that unsupported Bob Graham. Motivation. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we'll be, we'll be back here <coughs> next Saturday um, for some more details. Um, in the meantime, you can catch up with what we're up to at Trail Runs UK on Instagram uh, or over on trailruns.co.uk or you can find us on Facebook as well if you just look up Trail Runs. Um, I'll be posting what we're up to and who we've got coming up and everything like that. So hopefully some content to keep you motivated um, throughout this uh, winter and lockdown. But hopefully we're seeing the back of most of the cold weather now. <laughs> Oh, yeah. to the spring yeah embrace it with open arms <laughs> well, awesome. thank you very much for tonight and yeah, uh, yeah we'll hopefully catch up with you soon cheers mate yeah.